Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. Twatch. Twatch isn't actually a thing. Twatch? Stop trying to make Twatch happen. But why are we Twatching? Because it's Twitch with an O instead of an I. And it's my fat fingers on this stupid phone. Why do I still put the HTTP in front of links? I don't think I need to do that anymore. There are some places that, depending on uh, how you link things, adding the full URL actually makes stuff happen. Like, I have noticed, actually, even with Twitter sometimes, without the HTTP colon slash slash, sometimes if it's going to automatically put a, a box with a description, I don't know what you call those things. But, like, if, if a separate little box appears with a description and a picture uh, because you are linking to somewhere, sometimes if you don't have the full URL, it doesn't work. I don't know why. Because your face. My face does a lot of things. Your, my face is much more powerful than you realize. Hi, I'm Jack. Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm your face. I mean, I'm Lauren. And we are Glib Shark. Today, we're recording this on July 19th, 2016. Uh, we'll get into Ghostbusters, Star Trek, and Stranger Things in just a bit. But first, as always, or at the very least, as often as we can, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy here to do a little something that we call This Week in Geek. How are you, Lauren? I'm <clears throat> interesting. So let's start off with a little bit of um, Twilight Sparkle. I don't usually talk about politics on this show. We try to avoid it. And... I wasn't going to talk about this at all on This Week in Geek. And then it turned geeky, and I just can't resist. So, to make a very long story semi-short, the Republican National Convention is going on, and Donald Trump's wife, Melan Mel Melana? Melana Trump? Is that her name? Melania, I'm not sure. I think. I'm never sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. She gave a speech, as is kind of the, the norm at both of these conventions, both Republican and Democratic, and where wives of the, or, you know, maybe one of these days, husbands of the prospective nominee introduce their significant other. And she has been accused of plagiarizing a chunk of her speech directly from Michelle Obama's speech from 2008 being delivered to the Democratic National Convention when she was doing essentially the same thing. And 
whether or not this is actual plagiarism, whether it is uh, just a couple of turns of phrases, whether she wrote it or somebody else wrote it, or there's a lot of shit going on with this. I invite you to go and read up on on just everything that's going on in politics. And as I said, I wasn't going to talk about it, except um, the Republican National Convention's chief strategist, Sean Spicer, decided to go on CNN and defend um, the speech and say that it was not plagiarism. And the basic tone that he took was that there are these phrases that get used a lot in our language, especially when you're talking about certain topics, and that if you do a Google search for certain phrases, they come up in a bunch of different places and how this is just a big coincidence. And that would have been it, except that he says that um, you could have gotten that from My Little Pony. That's right. He says that there's this line that Michelle Obama said, this is your dream. Anything you can do in your dreams, you can do now was said by Twilight Sparkle. And he actually mentions Twilight Sparkle by name in My Little Pony. He also references Kid Rock and John Legend and a bunch of other stuff. And it, it I find it just amazing that the head, the chairman of the Republican National Convention used Twilight Sparkle in order to defend his nominee's significant other. It's definitely an interesting thing to go take a look at. Um, we won't even go into the, the whole fact that uh, Michelle Obama's speech was in 2008 and the, um, the cartoon that he's referring to didn't start until 2010. Um, we should really get to the most important part of the speech, the thing that everybody really should be talking about with this speech, which is the fact that she rickrolled us in the middle of her speech. He, she said, he will never, ever give up. And more importantly, he will never, ever let you down. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were at the Republican National Convention, you just got rickrolled. That's all I want to talk about politics. Now let's talk about a happier topic, Twitter and racism and awful people. So Ghostbusters came out a week ago, and there is a whole contingent of butthurt people on the Internet who don't like the fact that there's not a bunch of white men portraying Ghostbusters. And a significant portion of that butthurt population uh, took to Twitter and decided that the target for their ire was going to be Leslie Jones, who is one of the actresses in the movie. And instead of being able to spend the days after the release of this big budget, glorious blockbuster movie, enjoying the fact that she did this awesome thing and made a lot of people laugh. She had to deal with the fact that she was dealing with racist and uh, awful slurs on Twitter. And I won't repeat some of those because they're awful and horrific and you should never say those things. And she took the tact that was the exact opposite of what a lot of people usually suggest. Uh, we, we've heard a lot when you are attacked by the awful people on the internet that you should just ignore the trolls or you shouldn't pay attention to them or you should just report them and go on with your lives and blah, blah, blah. And she decided, fuck that. These people are being horrible to me and I'm going to call them out on it. And in the process called out the fact that, yeah, Twitter doesn't do a lot to stop this kind of behavior. And it's been interesting watching this unfold, mostly because I, I happen on Twitter to not just follow her, but follow, let's say, uh, people who have worked in the gaming industry, specifically 
uh, in enforcement and the management of awful people online. And, <laughs> and so the fact that a lot of people are saying Twitter could absolutely positively do something about this overnight, it, you know, makes a lot of people unhappy. Um, the reason I bring this up is twofold. One, hey, don't be an asshole on the internet. I, I would like to think that most of our audience knows that already. Um, and, you know, but it's a, it's a good thing to just remind everybody. Uh, also, yeah, that truck was me. I'm sorry. But as well as don't be an asshole on the internet, I would like to get the Glib Shark Army. Do we have a name for our fans? Glib Sharkians? Sharkers? Fan, awesome people. I would like you awesome people to go out and do something awesome on Twitter because the unfortunate end result of this is that Leslie Jones is stepping back from Twitter because, hey, that's a reasonable thing to do when you go to Twitter and it's filled with horrible, horrible things being said about you. Maybe you don't want to go there anymore. Um, when you get a second, if you have a Twitter account, would you, even if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, even if you have no intention to see Ghostbusters, go ahead and tweet at Lesdog, it's L-E-S-D-O-G-G-G, -G -G, and let her know that she's a good person and most of humanity is okay and she deserves to have a wonderful time on the internet like the rest of us because she does. And you know what? Why not? Uh, as for Twitter, when they were reached out to for comment about all the horrible, crazy things that are being done on their service, they said, quote, this, time of a, this type of abusive behavior is not permitted on Twitter, and we've taken action on many of the accounts reported to us by both Leslie and others. We rely on people to report this type of behavior to us, but we are continuing to invest heavily in improving our tools and enforcement systems to prevent this kind of abuse. We realize we still have a lot of work in front of us before Twitter is where it should be on how we handle these issues, end quote. So right now it's just platitudes, but hey, you know, maybe that will be something of promise for the future. I want to end off on happy news because we kind of talked about crappy politics and then crappy internet. So let's talk about someone awesome, John Williams. Yeah, that John Williams, the guy who like composed every single major motion picture soundtrack for the last part of my life. So John Williams lives in a very nice house in a very nice neighborhood, obviously. And there are these two kids who decided that they were going to go play in front of John Williams' house. Um, trumpeter Bryce Hayachi and flugel player Mikkel Miller decided to go play the theme to Star Wars outside of his house. And these are, you know, teenager kids. Showed up, played on the sidewalk. Now a lot of people would just, they'd get ignored or they would, you know, nothing would happen or worse, the police would be called. John Williams came outside and shook their hand and chatted with them because John Williams is awesome. And because there was a proud mom nearby, she was filming the whole thing or most of it. You, you get to see like the beginning of the conversation, but you see, you get to see him amble on out and be like, Hey, you guys hit the high notes and everything. That's great. How you doing? So if, if you would like to see, awesome people having awesome interactions with fans and here, you know, what in my professional opinion is some pretty good teenagers playing some pretty awesome music. Go do a search. Uh, it's, it's kind of all over the, the classical world and you can go find it pretty easily. And it's, it's kind of awesome. Uh, that's all for this week in geek. I'm oboe crazy and I'm a truck backing up. Beep.
Beep, beep. <laughs> so the world is terrible and the world is wonderful. But most of all, the world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact you want read live and on the air, you can send it to Lauren at obocrazy.com and she'll read it. And while you're at it, go to glibshark.com, home of like like hundreds of hours of content, including classic Jenga Jam, Buttcast episodes, uh, modern day Glibshark, and of course the latest sensation, Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Glibshark.com, the house of all of our content. Is it a pocket house? It, you know, <laughs> I, I am really bummed. And we're recording this the day after we were supposed to record, but we weren't able to, that we weren't able to play yesterday. Because it'll it's happen. really, it'll happen. I know, I know, but I'm still feeling a little sad about it, you know. And also kind of like depressed about the state of the world in general. But, uh, but you know what? That I didn't mean for that to be like this week in geek. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to button it with, with John Williams being awesome. Sure. You know, yeah. I think it's, and, and the, the Republican national convention thing, it was just kind of funny. Right. Um, I think you should be paying attention to that for important things that are being said, not this, this thing. I mean, those of you know, by now, a lot of the time this week in geek is not important. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys are lovely and wonderful and talented and, and are never assholes on the internet. So there. I uh, wouldn't say never. Yeah, no. I wouldn't no. say never. I would uh, say consist- rarely. Consistently awesome or else I wouldn't be friends with you. Yeah, 85% yeah, I'll take are better, I would say. But although you do bring up, Obo, a very good point. What do we call listeners of our show? I mean, I was thinking of the name Glibshark Navy, but that does sounds a little off, off the beaten track. I don't know. I actually kind of like the Glibshark Navy. We can think about that while Jonathan tells us a little more about Ghostbusters because I hear you got to see the movie this weekend. I got to see Ghostbusters this weekend. I got to see it on Sunday. Uh, There were too many kids in that movie, just out of (laughs) principle. Uh, One little girl decided that she wanted to have a conversation during one of the parts, and thankfully her parents, well, they eventually got her out. But anyway, point is, the movie is super fun. It is not perfect. It is definitely not the best movie I've seen. It's not the second best. It's not even the third best movie I've seen this summer. But it is still worth going to see. If for nothing else than to support this idea that, hey, girls can be Ghostbusters too. And I think, thankfully, the movie didn't like beat our heads, beat us over the head too much with it. I mean, like these were, these were just, scientists and people and and a group getting together to fight ghosts who all happen to be female and i think that's something that the movie did really really well and i enjoyed myself uh like i said it's not the best paul Feig movie either but it's it's still good and it's still fun and i i recommend it i actually there's a group of movie critics uh called uh, uh red letter media and you guys might know them from like their star wars reviews they also did a star trek review and they also have a weekly series they do called uh, half in the bag and they were really brutal uh on that on ghostbusters i to the point where i was just like you know what this there's a lot of negativity here and i'm just not um i, I just don't want to listen to it anymore and it they just were not like where i found the movie charming they just didn't see any of that they they just had apparently super high expectations for that movie and it didn't need it but it's still fun it's still good and you should still go see it 
And to be honest, beyond all of the the crazy batshit butthurt people, when it comes to not just a Ghostbusters movie, but like a summer movie in general, that's I want fun. I don't I don't really See, I, I hear that else. I hear that a lot. And I hear people going, oh, well, I hope uh, Independence Day was fun. It wasn't. People are saying, oh, I hope <laughs> Suicide Squad will be fun. It probably won't be. Ghostbusters is the definition of fun that I think everyone is trying to look for. It's not a cerebral movie. It's not, like I said, it's a good movie that is simply fun. And I, and I think I finally understand what people were trying to look for in things like Independence Day and, and then also in the upcoming Suicide Squad. Because Independence Day was not fun. Independence Day was insipid. It was just mm. boring. I still want to see, there's still a couple of other movies uh, that came out this summer that I want to see, mostly because I'm hoping for fun. Uh, Luke and I finally saw um, Batman versus Superman. Which I'm sorry. was not fun. Uh, I still want to see the Warcraft movie because I think it will just be fun. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. I really do want to see Suicide Squad, if only because I'm, I'm intrigued and the teenage me is going... Like, I, I feel like teenage geek me needs to see that movie, if only because, holy shit. No, what? it's sort of like I'm really hoping that Suicide Squad gets sort of the Guardians of the Galaxy treatment. As you remember way back when, when after the success of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1, after the success of Avengers, people, they were like, okay, what's coming in, in Phase 2? Well, of course, we have we have Iron Man, we have Thor, we have Captain America, we have Guardians of the Galaxy. Wait, what? We have a talking raccoon and a talking tree. Who the tree. fuck are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. Oh, they have that raccoon. Okay. I've heard of the raccoon. I've never heard of anyone else, but they're the ones with the raccoon. Okay. All right. And, like, a lot of people were thinking, like, Doctor Strange or or something like that would make Phase 2 first because i would say doctor strange is a little bit more prominent than guardians of the galaxy but it worked mm-hmm. and guardians of the galaxy may have been the best movie of phase two yeah that was a huge gamble and i'm i, I was kind of bummed out when you mentioned that suicide squad probably won't be fun because i'm actually looking forward to seeing that movie it's i'm really hoping that it's the same case as as actually ghostbusters because the trailers for ghostbusters were pretty bad yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons why people's expectations for Ghostbusters were crazy low. Suicide Squad's kind of in the same boat. It's its trailers have been very derivative and they I mean it's been like people shooting and people doing all this stuff and they've got crazy costumes and it's kind of like okay, all right. I mean at this point we've kind of seen all that before. Is there anything else? I think that's one of the the consequences of comic book movies being so successful is that there's higher expectations, at least for me. And Marvel consistently delivers on fun movies. I, I'm and not even the best ones. I'm looking at you, Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man was fucking fun, but it wasn't that great. And and DC movies are just not great. So I'm I'm a little more hopeful. I I do agree the first trailer or two that I saw Suicide Squad left me going meh 
even if my inner teenager was still going, what is this? The what, what, what? Um, I can't remember exactly the most the most recent one I saw was actually a while ago and I know it was in the theater so I don't remember when it was but the trailer itself was a tonal shift to just like Guardians of the Galaxy level fun with a slightly darker tone because it's ostensibly not good people uh, but it definitely it definitely had a different tone. It had a much more wacky, much more uh, poppy style tone. Well, which they, I think... they, they kicked it off with that. I don't know what I'll do song where it's like at the beginning and then it went into ballroom blitz. And I, I, yes, I, I did like that trailer. I thought that trailer was a lot more effective in, in I think the tone they're trying to go for, because if they yes. go super grim, dark, that's not going to work. No, I don't. I totally agree. And I, I mean, frankly, anytime you add ballroom blitz into something, you're going to make me happy. But yeah, I think that trailer sold me a lot more than the previous ones because of that tone. So, so we'll see. Uh, it comes out two weeks, three weeks. It's August. Yeah, two, three weeks, three weeks because it's yeah. like August sixth or something. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I, I may plunk down the money for that. Um, I'm definitely going to plunk down the money for Ghostbusters as soon as I have the time. And uh, chances are very good this weekend I might actually go see the new Star Trek movie. Yeah, I think I'm going to try uh, try and go see Star Trek movie. I've got plans on Thursday night, so I think I, I, I don't think I can do the normal uh, the normal get in early and see it on Thursday, which normally works for me. Normal, but <laughs> I. <laughs> But uh, oh, I'll I'll try and catch it this weekend because there's something else that comes out next week, right? I want to say. I I don't know. I van the wrong yourselves. I'm the wrong person to ask about that kind of stuff. I'm right now. There's these couple of marquee movies that I want to see that Luke and I will probably try to spend the money to go see in a theater. Um, oh. And <coughs> I'm just going to continue to try to keep up with all of the D and D I'm watching. Uh, looks like it is, uh, let's see, Into the Forest, which I don't, it's just getting lots of good reviews, but I don't know what it's about. And then Jason Bjorn comes out uh, on the 29th. Yeah. So that's week after next. Well, wait, wait, which, which Bjorn is this? Is this um, Matt Damon Bjorn or is this, this is, Jeremy Renner Bjorn? I, was, I don't think Jeremy Renner was, was technically a Bjorn. I, think I he never... Was, he was named something else. It was like, that's okay. why it was the Bourne Legacy. The Bourne Legacy, yeah. The, this, uh, the new one is Jason Bourne, so that's Matt Damon. Yeah, it's Matt Damon. Okay. I didn't, I, I've only ever seen the first Bourne movie, so I, all I know is that it was, it, it was Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Jeremy Renner, Matt Damon. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think I know. Jason Bourne may end up being the first not comic book movie I see in theaters this year. Because I've only seen three this year so far. I've seen Deadpool. Uh, Civil War and uh, X Men Apocalypse. So, be a nice change of pace. Oh, X-Men no, is no Finding Dory. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had or a chance. Or Zootopia. To. I saw the first thirty minutes of Zootopia, like long story, but uh, I haven't had a chance to finish it yet. I've heard a lot of good things though. Um, it's on my red box list radar. Z- Zootopia has probably been my favorite movie this year. Wow, that oh, good? Really? Yeah. Okay, I need. Can you? Give us a slightly condensed version of why you've seen the first 30 minutes of Zootopia. Or if you can't, that's okay. I'm just Well, I'm let's just say there is um, 
Uh, well, so I was at my brother-in-law's place, actually, and he had Zootopia. And then, like, we watched the first 30 minutes of it with my nieces. They're, like, 12 and 9, and then the youngest one is uh, almost 2. So we had to go. My wife and I were actually going, went over there for dinner, and we watched the first 30 minutes with nieces. But we had to go back. It's a school night and all that. So we had to leave before we were able to finish the rest of the movie. But, uh, but I think I'll make an effort to try and wrap it up at some point in the next, uh, I don't know, week or so. Like, okay. It's it's tricky because I have a lot of traveling. This weekend I'm going to Pittsburgh to help my brother-in-law move, and then next weekend I'm not sure whether we're moving or not. It's a long, crazy story. We get after that. I have to go to Long Island and then Princeton for a first profession and a wedding, respectively. So a lot of travel on my weekend radar. So Damn. if it's going to happen, it's going to happen during the week. Yeah, I scrubbed all my travel. I was supposed to go to Dallas this weekend and ended up not doing it. I, I don't have any travel for the next couple of weeks. And then uh, in about, I think it's three weekends from now, I am taking a, a trip uh, a few hours south to see a very good friend who is having a very wonderful baby shower. So, yay. Yay. yay Tell those shower. jerks I said hi. Okay. I'm going to ask probably the wrong people this. Um, are baby showers really only for women? Depends no. on who's throwing them. Like I've been to like, co-ed baby showers before. Uh, for my, they went. They did one for my godson. It was like a barbecue. They were games that were open for both men and women, and I was on the winning team. So, go mad diaper changing skills. Thank you very much. <laughs> I I don't go to baby showers, but I get the impression that if I did, uh, I, the reason I don't is not because I'm not invited. I just don't. Okay. I just um the invite was not specific. The per person putting on the baby shower is a, a friend of the family and i i just just ask i yeah i'm i'm just going to have to because i i honestly don't know what the what the etiquette here is and luke's response was uh no and i kind of respect that you know especially if it's not i i don't know i'll just ask I, but i figured i'd ask you gentlemen if you had an opinion i mean none of us have kids as i think far it should be no like, okay. let's say if I was having kiddo and I, and I, I would think that Lisa would be okay with, with anyone coming, but she, okay. she's not the type to put it on. So I don't know. I mean, I will, I will definitely ask. Now, bridal showers on their hand. Those are definitely a one gender affair. Well, two, depending on who your friends are, I guess. But, uh, generally, you know, heterosexual men are persona non grata. So when my wife had hers a couple of years ago or I mean, a couple, of, I guess, yeah, a couple of years ago, we, uh. I end up going to a nearby bar with my brother-in-law and a friend of ours and drinking some very nice bourbon. Yeah, I guess if you're putting if you put on a bachelor and or a bachelorette party, that is a very strong indication of okay, here are here's one side of this party and here's the other side, but I do know of a lot of people who nowadays are throwing wedding parties and it's it's a group combined and it's all the men and women together going out and doing things because, you know, gone are kind of the days in where, well, the guys are going to go to a strip club and the girls are going to go get their nails done. And, you know, now it's like, well, no, the girls kind of want to go dancing and have fun too. And the guys don't necessarily want to go to a strip club. They kind of want to see a movie and hang out. And so the two bachelor parties that I was either in charge of or, uh, or thrown, were both non-stripper affairs. One of them was a, like, it was 
it wasn't Top Gear, but it was like a electric go-karts, electric indoor go-karts. So that was my bachelor party. And then the one I threw for one uh, Dr. Jones was at Topgolf. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like a fun. Mine was actually just I uh, went up to the Poconos and just hung out and played video games and drank and did karaoke. And, and, oh, and we went shooting, basically. And I had a lot of fun doing all those things. The, I didn't get to go to a strip joint. And that's really not my thing. What I did manage to do, though, is when I went to karaoke, I managed to serenade an entire bar up in the Poconos, including a, an entire bachelorette party, clapping nice. along and singing along with me. Nice. So that, I felt like a rock star, <laughs> which is kind of what I want. Uh Luke and I didn't get a chance to do bachelor or bachelorette parties because of the nature of the fact that we had to get married super quick because governments. Um, If if we the original plan had literally been to go to RTX and then RTX is going to be our parties and then we're going to get married at RTX. Uh, Didn't quite happen that way, but that's okay. Um, I think if we had a chance to do over, uh, I don't think I would have a separate bachelor and bachelorette party i think we would try to do just one party and go to like GameWorks or something go go somewhere fun where we could all hang out and there isn't terribly loud music and a lot of games or just have a party like i really i'm getting old and i kind of just want to hang out in an apartment in my apartment or in someone's house and drink and play games like that's kind of all i want to do yeah i uh I thought the bachelorette party uh, for Amanda was pretty fun. They did wine and painting. And so they were painting this like tropical vista. And our good friend Corey, a.k.a. Jericho, drew her tropical vista with a Godzilla shadow in it. As you should. It was a Godzilla, like, not shadow, but like, uh, I guess, profile. And that, that that was super fun. Nice. See, now that's the kind of thing, as much as I just said, I just want to stay home and drink and play games with people. Uh, like that kind of inventive event, that's super cool. Like, yeah. no, we're not just going to go to a bar and get drunk. No, we're not going to go to a strip club. Oh, we're going to go drink wine and paint. We're going to go, you know, kayaking. We're going to go, blow, you know, depending well, on. The best thing about the painting was that it was at Manda's house. So when we got done with Top Golf, we just went back there. And met back up with the ladies. They were pretty much done with their painting and whining and clucking. So then we all hung out and just it, it continued the party on for both for both sides. It was good. That that sounds very good. Although I have never been to Vegas as an adult, and I do feel like one of these days I should go to Vegas as an adult. Yeah, uh, the thing you want to do is you want to have make sure you have plenty of money because Vegas is good as. Is good. It's hard to have fun in Vegas without spending money. Yeah, it's a, oh, yeah. just the way it is. Also, uh, see a show because, frankly, gambling gets old. Oh and, yeah. Um, but see a show because the sh- uh, the shows are really awesome, and I recommend uh, La Rev. That's o- over at the Win. Uh, that that's that one's really really good. Yeah, definitely. The I would do like a tiny tiny little bit of gambling. Um, but I yeah I. I definitely just kind of want to go to have that experience. I want to be able to walk up and down the strip. I want to be able to, I definitely want to go see a show or two. I would do a tiny bit of gambling. I've, I've gone into casinos before and um, I've been fairly successful with the I'm walking in with $100. And if I walk out with nothing more than fun, then I'm happy. 
And I'm usually pretty good at sitting down at the blackjack table and at least breaking even. So I think, nice. uh, you know, knock on wood, and, and we're talking about maybe four times in my entire life. So, you know, yeah. definitely not. I'm not giving up my day job and going to become a professional blackjack player. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I think a, a weekend, not even a long weekend, like a go down on Friday, come back on Sunday might be the perfect amount of Vegas time for my life. From every, everyone I've heard who are like Vegas pros, that is indeed the case. And you really don't, even, even the people who go to Vegas a lot don't want to do more than that because yeah. it's just not good. It doesn't have that kind of pull for me. I always grew up within driving distance. I was always a, my whole life within driving distance of Atlantic City. And then now in Pennsylvania, we have casinos pretty much everywhere. So if I were to go to Vegas, I'd probably want to check out the shows and do a little sightseeing and stuff like that. Definitely make that side trip to, to Hoover Dam and, uh, and the, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's, that, that was something that was a lot of fun. We found a, there are a lot of tour groups that will take you down for like a day trip to the uh, – the Grand Canyon, and we did that, and that was a lot of fun. Hoover Dam, I have been to, and it it was cool too. Not not as cool as the Grand Canyon, but it was still neat. See, so I mentioned when I mentioned Las Vegas, I've only been there. I've never been there as an adult. When I was a child, um, I got a chance to go to Flagstaff, Arizona, for a, a competition that my team was going for global finals, which was in Flagstaff. And one of the ways that I was in elementary school at the time, and one of the ways that the school was able to raise the money to send, there were seven kids and all of the adults and paraphernalia they needed to go was they turned it into an educational trip that included stops at Hoover Dam and the Grand Canyon. And the cheapest flights were charter flights into Las Vegas. So we flew into Las Vegas. We rented uh, these two passenger vans. We saw the Hoover Dam. We went to the Grand Canyon. We kind of wound our way to Flagstaff, did our thing, and left. So I, I have spent a half a day in Circus Circus as a child. And <laughs> my memories are weird. And one of these days I will tell a whole story about uh, Las Vegas as a child. Um, but yeah, I do remember the, the Hoover Dam was kind of cool for a science, you know, fun time. Um, I, my two clearest memories of the Grand Canyon is I have one fairly clear memory of one of the scenic outlooks that we saw. Uh, and then we took, we didn't go down into it cause we were only there for maybe like two or three hours. We took what I can only describe as like a tram ride along the edge and, um, I have this memory of the the tour guide telling us about these stink flowers that were blooming in that area that smelled like rotting meat. And in, so instead of flowers attracting bees, they these were flowers that attracted flies for pollination and that they were the so, like six or seven feet tall. Does this sound familiar to anybody? No, mm. apparently not. It's ringing a bell of some kind. I'll have to I'll have to look it up anyway. Uh, I would probably pass on the Hoover Dam again, but yeah, I think I would I would consider doing a long Vegas weekend if one of those days was a trip to the Grand Canyon because yeah, because yeah. it, it is an entire day thing. Like like you could probably do a show after something like that, but the car ride is so long that um, that it would be tough. Yeah. yeah, it would probably be the kind of night that maybe you want to check out the hotel restaurant and check like maybe explore the hotel you're actually staying at. That way you don't have to go very far. Maybe like 
like we stayed at the Flamingo and that was a great hotel as far as location because Caesar's Palace is across the street and uh, the Venetian is also down the street just a little bit. And they're, the Flamingo is not nearly as expensive as those other two. And are the buffets still a thing? Like We didn't go to it's... a buffet. Uh, I think they are still a thing, but we just didn't go to any. Okay. Because I have to admit, like going and just doing what what I hear are the crazy Las Vegas buffets also kind of there's also just crazy like Las Vegas food like there are sandwich there was a sandwich place that my buddies went to that served a literal Dagwood from the Blondie comic like oh my gosh it was the stack (laughs) sandwich and it was just full of bacon and yeah they're expensive but they have there's a lot of those kind of extreme eateries that I that I would presume that if you did some research, you could find the best ones. We actually went to a restaurant that was recommended by a friend of the show, Geeky Fried Rice, and we met her there, and that was super fun, too. Is there an off time for Vegas? Like, is there... No. Like- that's that's one of, actually one of the unique things about Vegas is there's not really, like, an off-season because in the summer, everyone has time off. In the winter, it's not as hot. So it's... You get uh, you you get all kinds pretty much all year. Okay, but I would imagine like if you did some research and and like I said, there are other hotels besides the Flamingo, but the Flamingo would be my recommendation because of the location and because of the price. You can fa- find cheaper hotels that aren't on the Strip, but I will say that being off the Strip is a pain in the ass. And I if if I was to ever drop the money on what would be a hundred percent a frivolous vacation, there's I mean. Uh, we know of a couple of people in that area, but really the reason to go would be to just spend money and do a frivolous thing. It's worth it in my mind to save up the extra couple of dollars and stay on the strip in a nice hotel. Especially for not just the reasons you've mentioned, but also for the just the the fun of it. Yeah, and that's like I said, that's the cool thing about the the Flamingo is that it's not it's still a not, it's still a good hotel. It's a little gaudy. It, like, well, but it's, it's a little garish. Well, it, it's like it's like the wrong kind of garish. Like like you go to Caesar's Palace of the Venetian, they're like a, sort of a super fancy garish almost. But this is like a it, there's a reason it's called the Flamingo. There's okay. a lot of pink and a lot. There's a lot of pink, but it's it's still like our room was really good and the uh, the the location just just really can't be beat, and because you can go and do everything that's around at the other hotels and still and, and not be paying nearly as much. Mm. Good to know. There you yeah. go. Lib shark tips for visiting Las Vegas. Lib shark tips real quick while we make our transition into, well, whatever we're going to be talking next. Uh, <laughs> I do want to mention if you have not seen stranger things on Netflix, it just dropped this weekend. It's eight, uh, about hour long episodes. I would highly, highly recommend you check out stranger things. And I, okay, and while you were giving that excellent recommendation, I have found Amorphosalis titanium, uh, which is often known as the Titan Aurum, is a flowering plant with the largest unbranched inflorescence in the world, and it's known as the stink plant. Due to its odor, which is like the smell of a rotting animal, the Titan Aurum is characterized as a carrion flower. Uh, So yeah, it... I need to make sure that it actually, uh, it's originally from Indonesia. You can find them in the Bronx. What? That seems weird. 
All right, so they must have some over there. But yeah, look up this this flower. It's huge. It looks like something out of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. And it smells like rotting meat. Someone on Reddit actually posted a picture of that. They, they, were, they were super happy to see it bloom because it, they had one on their college campus and it, it was blooming. And they, were, they had this disgusted look in the picture because obviously it smells bad. Yeah. And I, my vague memories as a child of seeing this thing was that it was not blooming because I don't, not only do I not remember the smell, but I do remember the tour guides saying that apparently they don't, don't fully bloom as often as you would like, which I, if they stink, I don't know. So, but look it up. It's cool. Yeah. What else did we want to talk about? I didn't know. What I we want were to reiterate stranger things because okay. you like the reason why it's good is that it is a throwback. It is definitely inspired by things like E.T. and uh, It by Stephen King and all sorts of mini series. Yes, it, it's it's got, well, Stephen King in general, but specifically it because, uh, well, I I'm not going to say anything about the series. I'm just going to say it was definitely inspired by 80s horror. It is one of the creepiest fucking things I've seen recently. Mm. And like I said, it's a relatively short series. It's only eight episodes on Netflix. And it is well worth your time to see it, especially at night. Because it will creep you the fuck out. It is so good. The music, the, I, one of the best things about it is the music. Not only the the pop music that they choose from that time period, which is just spot on, but also the John Carpenter, like electro organ inspired soundtrack. It's everything about this series is so, so good. And I had no awareness of it until a week or two ago. And how'd you find out about it? Uh, uh, Lisa said she wanted to watch it and that actually the the day she told me that she wanted to watch it I read a Netflix or not a Netflix but a, a Reddit thread about it and then uh, some of our friends were I had also watched it and they were like we were just kind of geeking out about it but it's like oh my god where did this come from and the guys that made it they made a series on Fox I think called Wayward Pines but that's it like oh. other than that they really haven't done a whole lot and I think this is just one of the Many, many boons that we're getting from Netflix are, are things like Stranger Things because no network would have ever given this, this, this many resources to these two guys to make anything. And Netflix did it and they made something wonderful. Thank the world for Netflix. I might be the first person to say that in a while. No, and I'm not be, even no, the, pe the people who all watch Stranger Things said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just the fact that they're willing to put money behind a lot of this stuff and a lot of money, you know, the the fact that they will green light full seasons of stuff and pay for it all to be made so they can put it all out at once, which is the the complete antithesis of what network television usually does and where you're lucky to get two or three episodes before they'll can your ass well, if they that, don't even think. That's the other know. difference between this and network television. It only needs eight episodes to tell its story. It doesn't yeah. – it never – it never drags anything out. Eight episodes is perfect. It's perfectly paced for that. And it's so, so good. Yeah, and I've been watching a lot of Netflix like lately. I, I watch more Netflix, I think, than I watched, you know, any of my premium channels I have in my cable package, like HBO or Cinemax or Showtime. 
Um, we're, I just finished Peaky Blinders season three, which is incredible. Tom Hardy is so great as Alfie Solomons. It's worth the whole series just to watch him. Uh, and I just started Marco Polo season two, which I know some people don't like so much, but I, I, I've been digging it. Like, I, I hear that it's better than season one, and I, I, season one just didn't grab me. I watched, I would think, the first two or three episodes, and you'd think that tits and kung fu would get me. But it didn't. At least the kung fu. Is but kung it didn't. F- it, do the tits participate in the kung fu? Does someone as far as, hit someone yes, else? As far as I saw. If you keep watching, they're not mutually exclusive at all. I was there's about to an say. amazing naked fight scene in season one. I may have to at least YouTube that fight scene. I am curious. One thing, speaking of, of television that's been coming out recently, uh, if you haven't been watching Day 5, even if you haven't been watching Day 5, I need you are it. aware of a scene that was shot in 2012 at RTX, at the first big RTX. This last week's episode of Day 5, it's episode 4, finally has that scene. Yep. So, and it's been fun seeing um, friends on Twitter be like, hey, look, look at this screenshot. That's me. That's which is so cool. By far the best thing about this episode. It to be fair to the episode, it is really good. And Joel, he is a great actor. And He's he a does goddamn a great, professional. He he does a great job as as this character. And it I I and not being not fair to the episode, I spent I I could have watched the episode just in its entirety, but I spent the first part looking for people. And I'm happy to say I did actually spot uh, a couple of friends, uh, uh, Chris, a.k.a. Damano, and a friend of the show, Izzy. I, she was like, I'm not, you're not going to find me because only I know what I was wearing and I know where I was. And sure enough, I fucking found her. <laughs> and if you follow uh, Jules, a.k.a. Bernice Q. Burns, um, her and her significant other uh, tweeted blurry because they're in the background pictures of the two of them in, in a scene. So that was cool. Well, it's that same scene, yeah. And, and I was looking for Jules because I thought that that big mop of red hair that she's got going would be easy to spot. But yeah, it took Steven tweeting out where they were for me to catch, uh, to catch their location. Also, in the screenshot that I have posted right here, I believe Connor, uh, our good friend Dark Bowler, is on a bench that is uh, that is to the just to the right of Joel. Wow, oh, maybe well, we can ask him. He would know. He, he, I think that's the one. He said it was a bench a bit further down the street, and you can see his camera bag. And it's hard to tell from this still, but I believe that it is a giant bag next to him on that bench. That is definitely so, a giant bag, and yeah, you might be right. So they were just sitting on this footage for like four years? Yeah. Yes. Uh, wow. Basically, so day five has – actually, Bernie was talking about it on the RT podcast because they were talking about it because this shot was finally in the series proper. Day five has gone through a lot of different iterations. Um, tons of people have worked on it trying to get it right and get it in front of the camera, and it's only they, – they knew they needed a lot of people because they – like. When Bernie envisioned this series, he envisioned this scene specifically. So they knew this was something that they wanted off the bat. And to finally be able to integrate this into the show that has gone through a lot of different changes, 
is really cool. And like I said, this day five does have its problems. It's not a perfect series, but it does do things right. And this episode was probably the best episode of this series. Not not just for this, but for also the story it told in in context of the greater story. And for those who are unfamiliar to to give the full context of what we're talking about back in 2012 at the RTX convention, uh, one of the things you could do was you could be in what at the time I think was being billed as a, a short of some sort, but very little information was given out. It was just, if you would like to be in a rooster teeth production, um, you had to show up on, I think it was five o'clock in the morning. It was, it was 5 a.m. on like a Sunday. Yeah, it was the Sunday of RTX because and that was the reason why I didn't go, because I had had some fun on Saturday night and uh, couldn't get my ass up. Uh, The reason I'm not there is because Luke and I worked that convention. And so it was we we both wanted to do it, but it was one of those um, they said if you were going to do it, you had to block off. I don't remember exactly how much time but it must have been at least four hours because it the time that you were required to be there went past the opening of the convention and luke came to the conclusion he's like no i need to be at the convention because i have to sell stuff so um it was open to any rtx attendee i believe it was on congress they filmed this yes it was on congress they managed to shut down congress and that's why that was one of the reasons it was such a God awful early hour of the morning on a Sunday because I it was. I believe they had the street from six a.m. to like eight thirty. They they were talking about it on on the RT podcast, and I believe that's what Bernie said. Yeah, and uh, so you had to be there at five, and uh, they told you to wear nondescript ish clothing, and they would tell you what to do. And I won't. I I know what they did. I won't say anything to not spoil anything. Uh, but yeah, so basically all of the people you will see in the scene that we're talking about, including Joel in a way, are uh, Rooster Teeth convention attendees volunteering to be in this thing, um, which is just super awesome. And uh, the RTX convention has continued to be a place that the community can then participate in events. Um, was it the year after or two years after that they did the slow-mo guys thing? It was the year after. Yeah. And the year before, they had the immersion. The zombie. The zombie immersion, yeah. Yeah, Which yeah. I was so, in. yeah. So, it's definitely cool. Um, there's a bunch of us who wish we could have been there, even though we were at RTX. There's a bunch of other people that we know. Uh, if you are a Rooster Teeth person, then chances are you, you have some idea about this. But I wish not, I could have gotten my ass up. Because you know what? I spent a vast majority of the night with said Izzy. And we were just, we were hanging out. We actually took a big chunk of our night, not a big chunk, but a good chunk of our night looking for Jack, who had wanted uh, to get drunk. This and then we found him. <laughs> we found him. And then I, I'm pretty sure we didn't, we didn't call it a night there. I'm pretty sure we went to hung, hang out somewhere else. But her ass got up, and my ass hit the snooze on his alarm. So now, now seeing it and seeing its integration into the, the, the series Day 5... I really wish I had gotten up then. It, that I, I wonder. Uh, it's all right. It happens. Yeah, no, I've been I I've I've been associated in plenty of other ways with with stuff. So I'm good. We all have. So you know, 
if hey if you're listening to this and you haven't yet tweeted about being in this and know where you are or have a blurry screenshot of yourself go ahead and post it and add us let us know because that people hunting is kind of cool especially since we know people super fun yeah super so a bit of uh, happy news I just saw on uh, on my news feed. Uh, so the individual who orchestrated the campaign of Twitter uh, social media abuse against Leslie uh, Jones has been permanently banned from Twitter. I'm not oh, going to mention his, I'm not oh. going to mention his name on this broadcast because he doesn't deserve the publicity. Nope. But uh, but good for Twitter. Good for Jack Dorsey. Good for Leslie. Yep. And still go go uh, tweet at Leslie. Let her know she's awesome. But yeah, happy news to bookend. And and actually, that's that's even more news that I didn't know about because I didn't know that there was a guy orchestrating it. He's been sort of an agent provocateur, sort of an agent of something called the, the alt-left, where it's like, uh, you know, really just sort of trolls and like really just kind of... Trolls. Really just, yeah, trolls. But not just trolls, but particularly trolls who who like hate liberal, hate so-called liberals or hate progressive movements and just hate people. In general, <laughs> they just so they're... so trolls, but basically, all left is just a fancy term for this. Sorry, I just I saw what uh, the um, Stephen Colbert Jonathan uh, picture that got put up of the word yeah. Trumpiness. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I seeing the character back in in the late show bit, and then also seeing uh, the bit where he was the uh, the guy from Hunger Games and and trolling the. Republican National Convention. That that was great. Stephen Colbert is a goddamn treasure. He is. Now, as the furthest person to the right on this broadcast, and probably on D and D as well, I say there is a certainly a place for, for you know, right wing politics to an extent. There is a place for you know, don't spend more than you take in and all that. But it's been kind of a ridiculous sideshow this year, and I don't really mind taking a stance and saying that like, no man, your guy sucks. You need a better candidate. Have, have you tried Gary Johnson? <laughs> okay. We're going to back away from the politics. We should. Sl- we slowly. Should. slowly. Oh, oh, oh. I did want to mention that uh, this last Saturday, I visited the Coop Brewery here in Oklahoma City and played a bunch of board games and drank a bunch of beer. And one thing you can probably see or, or hear on a future episode of Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks is the pineapple habanero beer that I got. God, that sounds so good. This is I, the second time I've heard you say that, and yes. both times I've had the same visceral reaction. I got, a, I, that. I got a crowler of it, and I know, I, I remember when I tasted it, they gave you this, like, two-ounce servings of, of the samples, and I didn't know what to expect. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try this just to say that I've tried it, and it was goddamn delicious, and it was the only beer that I actually bought from the brewery that day. Mm. Yeah, um, I I kind of want to order that somehow. I I want it in my mouth right now. And I hear that a lot. Sad, <laughs> I know. Apparently, they're uh, the Elysian Brewing Company, Athen, uh, I guess Seattle has a has a flavor called Hawaiian Sunburn, which uh, has that uh, style of a ha- pineapple habanero sour. Mm. Yeah, I'll it's... check them out. Elysian's pretty good, so I will I will definitely check that out. Yeah, this they call this one the spicy Hawaiian. Ooh, I like. And you know, at some point, did we ever get a chance to actually talk? I, I'm not going to suggest this for now because we're almost done with the episode. Did we ever actually get a chance to talk Game of Thrones? 
No, but I will say we can talk about. So we'll just say that the episode was amazing. The music was amazing. You've heard this has been said been several by weeks. many, many people. And it is known. It, it was a goddamn amazing season. And the last two episodes were were a treasure, a treasure. More modern news about Game of Thrones. Uh, it was confirmed. That these were rumors that we had heard, but they were actually confirmed that not only will Game of Thrones be delayed until summer of 2017, it's also going to be seven episodes. Now, Which, is it only going to be one more season or will it be two more seasons of seven episodes each? Uh, the latter. It'll be two seasons of seven episodes each. Okay. I'm totally okay with that if that's what they want to do i sure absolutely let's do it i will say that by the definition of summer if they actually started in june or maybe hopefully in june that would mean that there would be an episode of game of thrones during rtx weekend okay which i'm totally okay with and would probably plan some sort of watch party. Yeah. So that's my cue to catch a saucy puppet show in Austin somewhere. Or you could come <laughs> out and watch a bunch of... You could be like that one uh, Fasten driver that I had. You could take in the fandom. Honestly, I think at a watch party like that, you would have a lot of fun. Because you would watch a lot of people get either really happy or really upset or both in the matter of an hour. Hmm. Can I make a one wild, crazy prediction about those two seasons? What's that? Um, the first season, the, that the very next season is going to pretty much 100% deal with um, the giant clash of armies that's about to happen. And the end of that season is going to be uh, the White Walkers arriving. And then the last season will be everybody's got to get their shit together because the world is ending. That's, I think that's that fair. is my wild guess and we'll see i could see them like the climax of everything happening all the fighting of all the sides ending around the middle or middle end of the of the lap of the seventh season or i'm sorry the eighth season and then like the last two episodes i think would be required to clean everything up like in in Band of Brothers, and actually, I just I don't know why, but I rewatched the Pacific. Ugh. And in both series, the last episode was nothing but essentially, uh, is it pronounced denouement? Denouement. 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 That's I I knew that. It was all denouement. Like it was all cleaning up everything that had happened and saying goodbye to characters and um, and and wrapping up the series. And Band of Brothers, the the last episode points is masterful in this. But obviously, Game of Thrones is going to have a lot more to to clear up. Also, I just want to say there's only one other thing that I need to see happen in the show for me to be happy is I need to see these awesome women who've gotten together in the South go north and get together with Liana Mormont because she's fucking amazing. And then she can just sit back while uh, armies go crazy and stare daggers at everybody and be this awesome child who just judges everyone. Because, Leanna Mormont oh was definitely the standout of the season. Like she was the right mix of precocious, intelligent, and badass. She was just badass. 
I love her so much. I want that actress to do everything. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I'm going to say about yeah, Game that, of Thrones. That's, that's unless we want to do us unless we want to do a full spoiler cast maybe down the way, but yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up would watch again. Our sound producer is Jonathan. Thumbs up, Cerna. I do no. I gave thumbs down to a lot of shit today. Batman versus Superman. I'm looking at you. You're a shitty ass movie, and you shouldn't have ever been made. Just be happy you have thumbs. You can follow him at road underscore block. Her at oboe crazy. Me at Jack Enethil, and us at glib shark. Our uh, announcer is voice actor Bob Ball. Our theme music is done by Linnea Boyev. And on behalf of Jonathan Cerna, Lauren Urban, and the entire Glib Shark staff, this is Jack Edithel saying, have a shark. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.